0: You're listening to the weekly wrap-up on Sprott Money News.
1: Happy Friday from Sprott Money News at SprottMoney.com. It's Friday, June the 18th, and it's time for your weekly wrap-up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us this week as a special guest is Eric Sprott himself. How about that, Eric? Thank you for sitting in as a guest this week.
0: Hey, Craig. It's uh, it's good to be back. Uh... You know, I've been sort of tied up here with uh, health issues and various other things. I don't really feel like I'm 100% up to speed with all the things going on with economies and gold markets and things like that. But uh, the reason I I wanted to chat with your listeners today is uh, I want to mention something about vaccines, which I think is very, very important. And I'm not a doctor or a specialist or anything, but I'll make reference to uh, where some information is available. And, of course, the whole Fed thing, uh, the joke that the Fed thing is and its effect on the gold market bothers me deeply, and uh, we'll talk about that. And, uh, of course, I think uh, Bob Thompson was uh, suggesting that I'm very much involved in the Newfoundland gold plan. I, if we have time, we'll spend a little few moments on that as well.
1: I was talking to Keith Newmeyer yesterday. He said we might just rename Newfoundland New Sprotland. <laughs> just buy the whole well, island, Eric
0: yeah well, I got about 20 percent of the most of the companies there, so I'm uh, well in, in, entrenched, and of course i I do look up on it like a, a, a an opportunity of a lifetime, much like uh, Fosterville was uh, through its involvement with Kirkland and Gold. So hopefully it it plays out as I see it, but we'll chat about that uh, towards the end of the interview.
1: All righty and hey, just a reminder, uh, again, it is Sprout money who brings all this great information to you, whether, whether it's the uh, weekly wrap-up, the monthly precious metals projections, the Ask the Expert segment, which I just recorded yesterday with James Turk. That's something that will get oh, posted. Nice. Prob- yeah, he, and he's just such a great guy, Eric. And a um, uh, very informative uh, segment yesterday. They'll, I'm sure they'll probably put that up later today or this weekend. So look for that at SprottMoney.com as well. And of course... Uh, Right now, until June 28th, Sprott Money has their spring into summer sale. That includes a bonus discount on select products when you store your metals at one of Sprott Money's Canadian storage facilities. Now, this is a call-in offer only. You can't do this one online. So, if you have any questions about the sale or the storage program, or just to place an order, of course, give us a call. 888 861 zero seven seven five all right my old friend you were all over i remember we were doing these things weekly uh for the last several years but last about this time last year i guess earlier than this last year you were all over covid giving us updates every week about the seriousness of the situation i know you've been following it uh in the time since uh what are your thoughts
0: well uh i don't specifically want to talk about covid but i want to talk about vaccines and again uh there is a, a caveat that I'm not a medical expert, but I want to direct people to a couple of podcasts that I've uh, listened to recently. Uh, and I'll give you the essence of the podcast. And uh, the first one that I listened to, it's on something called the citizens free press. And it a top immunologist and pro vaccine doctor uh, Byron Biddle issues warning on uh, what's, the the negative impact of vaccines and the second one I'll reference is an interview that Greg Hunter had on USA Watchdog with Cliff High and um, uh, people be very easy to find that on the, the net but let me just start off with uh, the Citizens Free Press interview and what this doctor who's a Canadian doctor by the way is a professor of immunology I think at uh, Guelph University and he said the evidence is in there was a study of uh, 13 healthcare workers who got two uh, doses early. And uh, what what you receive when you get the vaccine is what's called a spike protein, uh, which theoretically is, is the disease. And of course, you're receiving a dose of this, so your immune system can react. And the expectation was that the spike spike protein would stay in your shoulder. And what the study showed is, no, the spike protein doesn't stay in your shoulder. It can go to your organs, and, and it can go to your blood. And it is a toxin, and it can have uh, very bad effects. Those bad effects are particularly outlined uh, in the interview of Cliff High, uh, which I certainly would suggest people uh, listen to that. And and what Cliff did is he went through this exact same discussion and uh, Cliff as you know he's a guy who whose business is watching things going on in the internet and and sensing something early and Cliff was great on COVID-19 early 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 uh, and I'm sure he's going to be early on this issue with the vaccines and um, if you listen to Cliff's interview uh and by the way i 'm speaking as a person who now has both uh vaccines has received two doses, so i 'm not feeling as comfortable as I might have um, but if you listen to cliff 's interview um, uh, he suggests that some very negative repercussions may happen so i i'm just you know leave it at please l- listen to that and and make your own judgments and deal with whatever the situation is that you choose to believe in. And uh, I can tell you that, uh, I mean, I have a very high regard for Cliff. I've seen many, many of his podcasts and he is very, very much in the forefront of a lot of things. Uh, P.S. He also suggested that silver would go to $600 and actually threw out the, the number of a $1,000 in that same interview. So for us precious metals folks, there's uh, two things to learn in that. So, The concern I have, and, you know, you're not going to hear about this. And if there's a problem with the vaccine, you're not going to hear about it. It's just, it's verboten, right? You're not, they won't let you talk about those things. So I encourage people to make up their own minds, whether they want to believe what's going on there or not. So if they would uh, listen to those podcasts, I think they'll be way
1: better informed. We're all basically living in a giant phase one or phase two trial. And that people need to be aware of that. You know, it doesn't mean it doesn't work. Uh, But there are definitely things that get worked out during those phase trials that we're kind of all in the middle of. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's it's sort of almost irresponsible to think that you could come up with a vaccine that fast that's been that well tested, okay? I mean, it's just almost impossible. It's never done, except this seems so extreme that we're going to approve it. And of course, the approval was uh that the, the uh, rewards outweigh the risks and of right. course we start hearing about some of those risks now right. That uh, and and we hear about risks that we didn't even know about before nobody knew about because it's in the system so uh we all should go in with our eyes wide open
1: that's right you know what's interesting about this as well is here we are talking about trying to get out of this pandemic uh, by vaccine and natural immunity and, and the variants and the mutations and everything else, and Eric, nobody even heard of COVID eighteen months ago. I mean that was I mean we were sailing along at the end of two thousand and nineteen. everything was you know in its proper place, but yet now this week, we 're supposed to believe that gold and silver have been utterly destroyed along all the rest of the commodities because uh, all of a sudden the Fed is thinking about a rate hike in eighteen months instead of twenty one. I mean, again, we didn't, nobody even heard of COVID 18 months ago, but we're supposed to believe everything the Fed says about a rate hike 18 months from now.
0: Yeah. No, it's funny. I, I just, I shake my head at the whole thing. In fact, they don't really even say that, okay? It's this stupid dot plot thing where a couple of yeah. guys, a couple of governors <laughs> said, yeah, well, there might be two in 23. In it's all orchestrated. Who's kidding you? Who? I think the one thing that we all know, and I'm sure the listeners know it, and so I'm, I'm not really passing on any information we don't know the inflation rate is ridiculous and i suspect it's not going to get any better here it's so far beyond this two and four percent stuff they talk about anybody who shops or buys or knows this okay it's just ludicrous that we would think it's transitory i mean we're allowed to do our own thinking thank goodness uh and, and, and of course the Fed realized they still have this, uh, economic dilemma. By the way, even as recently as this morning, I was looking up, uh, the, uh, the fraud that's going on in the unemployment insurance claims. Yeah. And there's many, many articles about it. And it's estimated there might have been 400 billion oh my of God. fraud. Yeah. 400 billion because, and by organized crime, by the way, because when you applied in a state, you didn't have to prove you li- you lived in the state, and of course they they already had the information everyone's information because of the various acts that have gone on on over time, and of course people offer up that information on the internet for some sort of fee, and uh, so all these uh, organized crime were applying for these things under various names in various states, and, uh, just. And, and I can believe it. Whenever I re- see a number where they say, and they used to say, there were a million new, and, sorry, initial unemployment insurance claims this week, okay? Then the next week could be another million, the next week another million. Excuse me, you're telling me we're an annualized rate of 52 million people here <laughs> with initial claims? Are you serious? And even the last one, which I think was around 400, I mean, 400,000 people with their first claim? Are you kidding me? Like to get to get the first claim, the guy's got to have been fired that week. Right, he lost his job right. that week. Like,
1: I, I don't believe it. Okay, so yeah, maybe I've, watch, I've watched The Sopranos. Right, you just said Polly Walnuts yeah. and Christopher down there. So, and what if two hundred thousand of those initial claims are
0: fraudulent? Right, or or maybe maybe when they did a million, five hundred thousand were fraudulent because they they mentioned potentially half of them. Well, maybe now. Most people are at least getting their job back theoretically. Uh, Now they're just fraudulent.
1: So, Eric, what do we watch next? Because this was this was just so deliberate. I mean, when we we watched silver be capped at twenty-eight for a month, I saw open interest in Comex silver rise fourteen thousand contracts over three days last week. That's seventy million ounces created from nothing. The banks took the short side, sold it to the specs, capped the price at twenty-eight. And now, yesterday, all of that open interest comes back out as the banks cover those shorts as the specs dump, and the banks make a couple dollars on fourteen thousand contracts. That's good work if you can get it. Um, what's next? I mean, do we kind of are we now strung along by the Fed, uh, watching for the dollar to roll over again? You know, and now we got another Fed meeting, got Jackson Hole in August, and a Fed meeting in September. I mean, I, I, I'm having a hard time coming up with. Uh, a rationale to see a spark now to drive us back to 2000.
0: Well, you know, the, the, they have to cover these things sooner or later. And of course, the, the, the funny things that go on in the commodity markets, particularly silver, is where, you know, I, I think two days ago, we had uh, uh, something like uh, 400,000 contracts of silver in four yeah. hours, yeah. which is like two two billion ounces. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? That is just, totally preposterous and even the average daily volume when you look at the average daily volume versus the actual silver that might ever be delivered right like, it's such a joke yeah that this, this is not a commodity market this is just some place where guys can affect pricing and of course i think the affect pricing because they're they're playing in the uh the paper markets of slv at the slv and of course all the options and all the mining stocks and the mining stocks and I mean, it's just one big uh, arena where it's wash, rinse, and repeat. So, what can we do about it? Well, first of all, I know you do this, and I know I do it. I look at the uh, the daily trading on the CME, and of course, I like to see how many uh, um, contracts were put up for delivery. And and we've had, and also, for example, yesterday, or, yeah, yesterday, the the EFPs. Which I don't think anyone's ever really understood, okay? But we had something like thirty thousand, thirty million ounces of silver EFP yesterday, and we had un- a million ounces of gold EFP. Like they just went off the exchange into, you know, Wherever. some cloud somewhere, yep. and, and somehow settled, right? So I, I like uh, watching that and realize, okay, fine. Long as people continue to uh, buy physical, and I think every day this month. Gold. The gold contract has increased its demands for physical gold every every trading day, so people are still in there. And I think in the case of silver, every day but one, and the, the one was yesterday, um, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't material. The day before, it was very large the amount of silver called for delivery. I think it was uh, like 10 million ounces. Uh, no, probably a million ounces on. Uh, Wednesday. So as long, long as that data holds together, we have the Waltz uh, Silver Squeeze Yep, that I think is very, very active. Uh, God bless them. I think they have figured out that there's a shortage, and if you just keep buying, someday these guys have to come into the commodity markets and uh, and close or open interest or suffer egregious losses. So uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed on that. I think ultimately it will happen.
1: How about this? Uh, are you paying much attention or have you heard much about um, these uh, changes from Basel III that are coming oh, into effect here sure. this month?
0: Yeah, I read about them all the time. And uh, I, I'm, well, first of all, I have a very difficult time imagining that the BIS would be doing anything yeah. to negatively affect the commercial banks. I mean, right. just, where did this come from? And quite frankly, the only logical explanation I ever saw for it was Hugo Salinas Price wrote an article saying that. The Russians and the Chinese forced the BIS to do it, because if they didn't do it, they were going to create a new gold-backed currency. Now that was a very interesting theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could, and of course, those are powerful, powerful countries. You know, yeah, <laughs> like they're not—they're not, they're not uh, economically unimportant countries. In fact, China is the most important economically, quite frankly. So. Who knows? I don't know. And um, I've read many articles saying it's, it's going to be gold positive. Maybe it is. and Maybe that's why the raid's going on right now, so that they can cover off a little bit of their position. Yep. We'll see.
1: Yeah. We've, we'll see. we've, we've talked about that being, you know, for all eternity, it seems, about the, the uh, futures tail wagging the spot dog, right? So if you right. could uh, drive the futures paper market lower, you can get the spot price down, and maybe you can get yourself out from under some of those unallocated positions.
0: Totally. And, and, and or some of it, I'm sure, uh, Craig, is just running the stops, you know? Right. Lots of people have short, short stops in these things, right? Yep. So, like, when you have a big day like yesterday, imagine how many people had stop buses yeah. out there that just got pushed right through. Yep. So, <laughs> and we, we see, we've seen a lot of these uh, very sharp sell-offs that were more shallow than this, okay? And then they rally right back again. Uh, that's why they, they just ran the stops, try to cover some shorts, move on.
1: Let me just give you with this. I'm gonna hit you with one little fun point that I think the listeners will enjoy, and then we'll get to uh, Newfoundland. Uh, there have now been four massive red candles since last August. There was one uh, a drop of seventy-eight dollars and twenty cents on January the eighth. There was yesterday eighty-six dollars and sixty cents. Uh, a couple days after the election, ninety-seven dollars and thirty cents. And then uh, right after the top last August ninety one dollars and forty cents you take all of those and you get uh, something like three hundred and fifty dollars um, in just yep. those four days you take those four days out and we're actually up since August no it's just
0: it's it's the trading methodology right yeah it it's there to to disadvantage investors. That to me, that's just the bottom line. It's there to disadvantage investors. And we, we should all be embarrassed by it, particularly the CME.
1: To profit the banks and embarrass embarrass the investors. Um, All right, let's, uh, let's wrap up my friend by uh, talking about new Sprotland. Um, (laughs) I know a lot of guys like you have private islands. So I think that's pretty cool that you have one up there. It's a little chilly most of the year, but I think that it's beautiful. (laughs)
0: It's a big island, but it's got a lot of gold on it, Craig.
1: Yeah, apparently.
0: So let's talk about it. I'll tell you what took me there. Uh, well, first of all, I guess I should start with Denny LaViolette, who's the uh, president of Newfound and the president of a company or CEO of a company called Goldspot. Goldspot does artificial intelligence to uh, uh, find minds. Okay. So Denny is a very, very smart guy. He's got 45 PhDs working for him doing analysis on properties all around the world. And um, he he actually showed me a core that he had back in 2019. It was a private company then. And I was, wow, look at that thing. Was it was glittering. And I decided that I should invest in the private company at the time. And so because I was in it, I, I watch events and he was starting to put some pretty significant drill holes out, And then I I started to read more and more about Newfoundland and its endowment. And I came upon a professor, uh, Rich Goldfarb, who's apparently known as Mr. Orogenic Gold. And I had a long chat with him about the endowment of uh, central Newfoundland. And he convinced me that it was very analogous to other large gold fields like the Victorian gold fields uh, in Australia. Then I read a report by Professor Ian Hansberger, who wrote for the Geologic Society of Canada, where he was comparing the possible endowment of Newfoundland with what we call the Abitibi Belt, which goes from Kirkland Lake all the way over to Rouen around. It's a hundred kilometers long. And the belt in Newfoundland is about a hundred kilometers from sort of northeast to southwest. Then I had a long chat with Sean who was uh, an explorer who first got into uh, the Yukon and and came up with the theory that there was quite an endowment there. He subsequently, in I think 2015, uh, started to focus on Newfoundland. He staked almost all the land there. And um, he basically said, look, when you can have a, a soil anomaly there, a till sample, and it's got gold in it, the likelihood of you finding gold below it is very, very high okay, and right below it. Uh, then we had Quentin Henning, my old friend Quentin Henning, who, of course, went down to visit Fosterville on my behalf and came back to, oh, my God, Eric, you're not going to believe this. And then he he and, and others like Dennis, Danny LeVaiola, uh, are comparing what Newfound has so far to Fosterville. And I can tell you that in terms of uh, grade, uh, Newfound came up with a whole it was 146 grams over 25 meters. And I went back and compared my notes on Fosterville and that hole had more gram meters than any hole at Fosterville. Whoa. So that was a little telling, okay? Yeah. Um, and of course, if you listen to, to some of these presentations, particularly Quinton's and Denny's, uh, they both uh, suggest Newfound is not looking for a deposit. They're looking for many deposits. And they already have indications two kilometers north of Keats, which is where their primary discovery was, that they've had some very high-grade intersections already. And of course, they, by studying the property they have, which is quite extensive, by the way, it's about 70 kilometers long. So it's like owning 70 kilometers of the 100-kilometer Abitibi belt, but it's 2021. Yeah. And some people said, Newfoundland today is like Timmins in twenty in uh, 1918 when they first started finding things. And I tend to believe that. Um, and I can believe it because I I see what uh, many companies are doing there. Socomon, which is a company I have been involved with for mm-hmm. quite a while, ever since 18. I think they yeah. their first hole was released in 18. Uh, they've had some tremendous hits. Their best hit was 11 meters at 44. They got another one. Uh, 5 meters at 124 grams. I mean, these are crazy, crazy good. A company just north of Newfound, called Labrador mine, they came out with uh, 3.6 meters at 20 grams. So they got their first sniff of it. Uh, We have a, and they're on, these guys are all on the Appleton Fault, okay? And then over to the west, there's the Valentine Lake Deformation Zone, we're on the Valentine Lake, you have marathon that already has a deposit that's around 5 million ounces. Uh, the Sulkerman's on that uh, same belt. And it's these sutures that were caused by the European plate bumping into the North American plate and things breaking up 400 million years ago that have caused this endowment in uh, Newfoundland. And you've got about six major structures all going northeast, southwest, and off of those structures, you have these indications of gold endowment, which not much drilling has been done. So it's really yeah. early days. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like in Australia where, you know, nobody, everyone wanted an open pit mine. And so it, it wasn't until Foster found this deposit underneath the open pit. Oh, well, maybe we should be looking underneath these things. And now guys are finding things. And it's, It's funny because the mining in these countries started in the 1850s and 60s and 90s. Well, how come we're just getting to it now? But that's what's happening. We're just getting to it now.
1: I could tell you're excited about it. How could you tell? (laughs) (laughs) I can can sense the twinkle in your eye just uh, through (laughs) listening to your voice.
0: Well, it's been fun. and. I own uh, lots of companies there. Uh, I own C2C, CanStar, Exploits, Orwest, Sassy, Gawson, uh Paweka, Canine, and many others. So I find it intriguing, and I hope each of them finds something, because I think that's the kind of endowment that we're looking at, that anybody on these structures has a very, very good chance of finding high-grade gold.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've had people on my site, Eric, uh, post like websites where your holdings are posted. Are you familiar with some of those?
0: Uh, well, I know some people do keep those holdings yeah. uh, updated. Yes, I don't know. I can't remember where they are. Is.
1: I know that people, if you're resourceful enough, you can find that on the internet. And I would, you know, the other thing that comes to mind, Eric, is something you've taught me over the four or five years that we did these calls, was that, yeah, you cast a wide net. And a lot of people do that, you know, and you're hoping to get you know one out of 10 or whatever you, you used to talk about your batting average being but then the key was you get one right you don't just like take your seed money out and let it ride what your strategy has always been you get one right you start pressing your bets
0: press the bet that's what i new found i'm just under 20% now i bought it within the last 2 weeks even up at the, i think 12.85 might have been my highest price having started buying it at 75 cents right so yeah, that's uh, if things look like they're coming together, don't be selling. And I, I'm not a believer in you know taking a profit for for, for profit's sake. I'm a believer to analyze it, try to imagine how big it could be versus where it is, and if there's lots of upside, just press it.
1: Just press it, my friend. It's always so it's so fun to hear from you, and I, I'm glad that uh, the situation is such that you're able to check in. I'm, I'm not sure how frequently we could ever do this going forward, but. Uh, this has been a treat. And uh, at this point, I want to wish you a fine weekend. And I, and again, I hope we can talk again sometime soon.
0: Sure. Okay, Craig. Good to be back and uh, uh, happy to say hello to all your listeners. And uh, let's hope we can all prosper.
1: Let's hope we can. Let's hope uh, we get some sanity back in these markets too. And again, just one last thing on your way out. Please uh, throw some thanks toward Sprott Money. They are the ones that put all this information out there for you. Uh, either visit Sprott Money the next time you're in the market for physical or at the least if anything. Give us a like, a share, maybe subscribe to whichever platform you listen to this content on. That'll help us get the word out. Again, we've been speaking with our old friend Eric Sprott and uh, great to get caught up with him. Time to wrap up though and send everybody on their way. Thank you for listening everyone uh, and we hope you have a great weekend and we'll have another weekly wrap-up for you next Friday.